Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. For those who are watching online today, I wish you were here. Many of us arrived at the church around 8 o'clock this morning. There's a buzz in the air, and we are excited about our block party. I'm glad that you're worshiping with us. Our scripture reading this morning continues with Philippians, the fourth chapter, beginning with verse number one. Listen once again to the word of God. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Sometimes we enjoy hearing our name called out loud. You've been waiting 35 minutes. The room is crowded. The children are getting restless and your stomach is empty. The PA system crackles and then you you hear your hostess say, Vaughn, party of five. Vaughn, party of five. Your table is now ready. Sometimes we enjoy hearing our name called out loud. Or the studio lights are shining brightly. You're sitting in the audience. An enthusiastic applause fills the air. And then you hear the announcer say, Anne McCord, come on down. You're the next contestant on the Price is Right. Sometimes we really enjoy hearing our name called out loud. Sometimes we don't. You're sitting in class trying to make sense of the teacher's explanation of Algebra 1. Suddenly, The principal's voice booms out over the loudspeaker. Miss Henry? Yes, Mr. Burnett. Is Curtis Field in your class right now? Yes, sir. Well, send him to my office. Or elevator music plays in the background and you flip through a 1998 issue of People Magazine for the fourth time. You shift uncomfortably in your seat And then the receptionist slowly slides the glass window over and says, Mr. Vaughn, the oral surgeon will see you now. Sometimes we enjoy hearing our name called out loud. Sometimes we don't. What is going on then in this morning's scripture reading? 
Why has Paul called out loud the names of two of the disciples in that small church in Philippi? Remember, Paul loves this community of faith. It is the first congregation that he established on European soil, and his brothers and sisters in that small Macedonian village occupy a treasured place in his heart. In the first chapter, for example, Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And then throughout the epistle, Paul refers to the Philippians as his beloved. And then in chapter four, the first verse, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. Yes, Paul loves this church. How then do we make sense of the next verse? I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Names, names, names. Sometimes we enjoy our names being called out. Sometimes we don't. Keep in mind that Paul is not writing a personal correspondence to these two women. The letter is being addressed to the entire congregation and on a Sunday morning in a small house, the congregation has gathered. Everyone hears it. Imagine that you are Euodia or Syntyche. You're listening to Paul's words of affirmation. You hear him calling you beloved. Uh, your spirits are lifted high when he quotes from an ancient hymn that says, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you know, you know that Paul is heading to the conclusion of his letter and you are thrilled and then suddenly you hear your name. Euodia, Syntyche, be of the same mind. What's going on? We don't know the nature of their dispute, but evidently these two women have had trouble getting along with one another. They are both leaders in the Church of Jesus Christ, struggling side by side with Paul in his work. Paul somehow has heard about their dispute, and so he takes this opportunity to offer some words of guidance. That wonderful preacher and New Testament scholar Fred Craddock once observed, Paul is reminding them that they are leaders and therefore are able by words and deeds to polarize the congregation, destroying the one soul, one mind, one body. To accept the leadership role is to accept responsibility beyond private preference. Uh, to be sure, Paul is concerned about the relationship between these two sisters, between Euodia and Syntyche, but much, much more than that, he is concerned about the impact of their conflict on the nature of their congregation. How might it affect and shape and hurt their witness to Jesus Christ? Euodia, Syntyche, cut it out. Now, we might be tempted at this point to believe that Paul is trying to embarrass or shame the two sisters. But that's not quite true. We know that he loves these people. 
He is calling them by name. He deeply cares for them. And he knows that this is not the first time that their names have ever been called out loud in worship. Listen again to verses 2 and 3. I urge you, Odia, and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life, <laughs> whose names are in the book of life. Do you remember now when their names had been spoken in a previous worship service? Euodia, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Syntyche, I baptize you in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Their names had been spoken out before. Paul is not calling them down. Paul is calling them up, inviting them to live up to their baptismal identity. In the television series, Roots, there is a particularly brutal and disturbing scene in which the slave traders are trying to break the spirit of a young slave by the name of Kunta Kinte. He had been captured and brought from his African homeland to America. They have tied him to a tree. And they are attempting to beat into him a new submissive identity. Your name is Toby. He resists. And the whip falls on his back. Your name is Toby. And he resists. And the whip once again falls on his back. Your name is Toby. And finally, the young man hangs his head in defeat. The punishment is too severe. And he speaks his slave name, Toby. There are, my friends, many powers, many experiences in our world that threaten to break our spirit and whip away from us our baptismal identity in Jesus Christ. Perhaps it is a conflict with a brother or sister in the congregation. Uh, perhaps it's addiction, perhaps it's depression, perhaps it's a painful illness or the death of a loved one. Perhaps it's divorce or the pressure to conform to the standards of our society. Perhaps it's captivity of one form or another. Paul, after all, was writing from a prison cell. We hope and we pray that all of us will be blessed with long, meaningful, and joyful lives. But we know, don't we? We, we know there, that our lives are also marked by conflict and brokenness and suffering and pain. We know that our world can be cold and cruel and unforgiving. And we know that along the way, we, like Euodia and Syntyche, might be tempted to forget our baptismal identity in Jesus Christ. Tempted to forget the name spoken to us when the waters of baptism drip down our faces and down our backs. 
I know of a small church in New Jersey that once held a large event to raise funds for a building project. They had all kinds of activities planned, all kinds of food, and part of the agenda, including getting together and singing some of the very old hymns of the church. I am wondering if some of you might know some of these old hymns. His eye is on the sparrow. Do, do any of you know that hymn? Three, four, five, six, great. Um, Precious Lord, take my name. Do you know that one? I love that one. And, and what about this one? Do, do any of you know the old hymn, Give Me That Old Time Religion? Do you remember how that goes? Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Would you sing it with me? Would you? Give me that old time And if you know the hymn, you remember that it goes on to say it was good enough for Peter. And, and let's sing that. It, can we do that? And in that little church in New Jersey, they started calling out names. Abraham, Isaac, Rebecca, David. And they sang again and again and again. And then someone called out, George! And so they sang, let's sing about George. what you don't know is that George had been an active member of that congregation and that three months earlier, cancer had claimed his life. And there gathered, as they were singing this hymn, the members of that congregation and their friends from the community started calling out other names of people they knew who were living and people they knew who had died. And suddenly, it was no longer a fundraiser. And suddenly, they were not simply singing a hymn. They were affirming their faith and reclaiming their baptismal identity. We know that life can be difficult. We know that conflicts will inevitably come up in our lives. And we know there will be situations in which we too might be tempted to forsake or abandon or forget our baptismal identity. But here we gather, week after week, to hear the good news again. The good news that Jesus, for example, proclaims to us in the Gospel of John when he says that the gatekeeper opens up the gate and that he knows his sheep and he calls them by, by name.
my friends, in whatever turmoil or challenge you are facing now, remember this. Christ knows your name. And if you ever should forget your baptismal identity, he will whisper to you again and again.